Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schubert, back in the producer air, floating around. We're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, fighting news, golf, even next season's early NFL futures. Website today or use your mobile device to sign up, and you'll get a 50%. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Kyle, happy Canada Day, American Zoo Day, International Chicken Wing Day to you. American Zoo Day. It was yeah, a day I early. I went to the zoo yesterday. Yeah. Went to the uh, Philadelphia International Zoo yesterday. It was fun. Best exhibit you saw what? You know, came and went and obviously took my daughter. And the observation that I had was I don't think I saw a single elephant at the zoo. They had statues all over the place for elephants, but I did not see an elephant. I'm a little mad about it. Sorry about that, man. So unfortunate. what it is. You know, lots of cool stuff. The big cat exhibits were cool. Yeah. Always the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Chris? Chris, how you doing, brother? Where you at? Oh, Oof. can you believe it? Sorry, sorry, Ooh. sorry. I new microphone, but the mic was <laughs> muted. I apologize. I did it yesterday on the show. I figured I would continue the streak here today on the show because there's Do two buttons. There's two buttons I have to press uh, when I'm on the road. I have to press the button on the thing and then the button on the microphone. So my apologies. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to let that zoo conversation go for a little bit. The takeaway that I had from that conversation, Kyle, it's the Philadelphia international zoo so what because all the all the animals are here on work visa okay okay i just i didn't know i didn't know how that that connection occurred so thank you what a save (laughs) thank you for clearing that up for me so okay takes on takes episode 160 and i think the place we should start guys and is the is the news yesterday of of ucla and usc getting out of town no longer part of the pac-12 they now have work visas to go work in the big 10 and that's where they'll be starting in 2024 (laughs) and we had a couple of takes about that now kyle you you earmarked one for me um about the sec and college football that we're going to save for a little bit later so i just want you to know that that i have that one filed away that i know you wanted me to get to that we will get to that at some point here uh, on the show but i do want to start uh with that news because we had we had a couple of them so we'll start with Vontel, hello Vontel, glad to see you back on the show. Uh, USC will be USC will be the next team from the Big Ten to win a national title. Saw this one. It's kind of fun, um, right? Yeah, it is fun. Um, I think Ohio State, uh, just a more established situation. They're still churning out great recruiting classes. I believe in Ryan Day. Uh, you know, I think they've done a really good job of getting the passing game down in, in ways that a lot of schools haven't. You know, the receiving talent. I mean, it's unbelievable what they have right now. They just had two first round picks and they've got like Jackson Smith and Jigba, the, the you know, two E's, whatever that guy's name is. He's, 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 um, Amari 
Corbin Harris and Julian Fleming, who was like the number one overall recruit in 2018. I mean, they're just so loaded and another great offensive line there. And so if they can figure out their secondary, which has typically not been the issue <laughs> at Ohio State, like these teams have been really, really good. And, and so I like where he went with this, but I, I really buy into what's going on at Ohio State still. Did I did I see they got Brandon Innes too? From like this year's recruited. He, he was out at uh, QB Retreat, Joe. Oh, I will. I think I saw they got Brandon in this too. Is like, oh, of course they got another guy. I N N I S. I can I can confirm Ohio State lands commitment from ESPN's number four ranked wide receiver Brandon Innes. Never ends. Silly, silly season. Um, yeah, I think I think if you were going to be a betting man, uh, you'd probably favor Ohio State just because of their recent success versus that of SC. Uh, I do think of of the the Pac-12 teams that are transitioning over versus the Pac-12 teams that are not. I do think these are two of the teams that are more well-equipped to play Big Ten-style football. But I do think that's an important footnote here. Um, and, like, there are identities within the conferences, right? Mm-hmm. Because you you recruit to compete primarily within your conference and, and have success against those familiar opponents. And uh, I, I think SC and, and UCLA are both teams that, that have had pretty good successes in the trenches and running the football. And uh, because of that, I, I, I'm a little less skeptical that they'll be able to contend fairly quickly. Now, obviously Lincoln Riley and what he has historically been at Oklahoma, that's the big mystery now is, is how are you going to evolve your program now that you're transitioning from, hey, you took a step up from the Big 12, now you're in the Pac-12. Oh, by the way, you're moving from the Pac-12 in two years to playing in the Big 10. So I think that that's a pretty interesting layer to all of this. Well, and if I could just add to that, um, I think you make a good point about just some of the identities within the conference and what team was the winner of the Pac-12 last year? It, It was Utah. And I guess Utah would be the team that I think would most resemble what they're getting into with the Big Ten. And, you know, I think there's probably notwithstanding 2020, which was a, you know, really weird year for everybody, but especially the Pac-12, when you look over kind of the recent Pac-12 history, Utah might have been the best team 2018 through 2021. And, and I think part of that is just a style of football that they play. And it's not like they're loaded with NFL quarterbacks and and receivers, you know, and so I do think that there's going to be a really big shift here for those programs to build teams that are capable of, you know, obviously playing their own brand of football, but also dealing with Michigan State and Michigan and Iowa and Ohio State and having to play in those places late in the season, right? It's going to present some really new dynamics for those programs. Um, but I, I am excited for the matchups that we're going to start getting. Um, as, as we've seen the landscape of college football shift so much, with with teams, you know, it's it's become it's been hard for me to kind of stay true to my enjoyment of the pageantry in college football and and all that type of stuff, like just the historic nature of some things. And I guess I'm just going to cling to that. You get really good scouting opportunities, like for us in a pro, from a prospect 
vantage point, which is really where our focus is when we watch college football. I think it's giving us better scouting matchups. So from that angle, I think it's really, really good. But I, I can understand just kind of the college football fan purists really not enjoying much of what's happening across the, the landscape of college football. Real, real quick note on kind of combining our two thoughts there with obviously Utah, who you know, let's see Utah, Arizona State. Let's see them push to the Big 12 now. And all that, I think that's a move I'd like to. Let's not see the Big 12 just wither up and die, but you know, you get BYU coming in there and would love to see them build that out a little bit. But just real quick to blend these two thoughts, yeah, uh, talking about SC and, and their readiness to compete in a Big 10 like environment versus some of the other uh, Pac 12 teams. USC, three and two in their last five games head to head against Utah and four and seven in the last decade against Utah. So just kind of a fun nugget there to piggyback off of your thoughts and, and my initial impression that SC is as well equipped as a big Pac-12 team could be to go into the, the Big Ten. Can, can I take this to another place and just kind of present a question to, to both of you? And I'd, I'd like to hear from Chris on this, especially. I woke up this morning thinking about this stuff, right? USC and UCLA and, and Texas and Oklahoma and all this stuff that's going on. And I couldn't help but have a thought to myself, well, ACC has been kind of quiet, right? Like we've seen the other big conferences, the other, the power five, four of them, we've seen movement, but the ACC, it just kind of seems like not much is going on. Do you guys feel like you're going to see the ACC try to attract some teams to add to it? Or is the next phase of this reshift in the landscape of college football teams like Miami and Clemson and, you know, the, the more prominent programs within that conference looking to, uh, to make a move for themselves? I think it's extremely difficult for us to look at the situation that we all find ourselves in looking at college football and not look at this is just the beginning and not the middle or the end of what we are going to see. I think there's going to be a entire reclassification of the way that we talk about college football, the way that we see college football, the way that college football is impacts what we do, impacts the way national champions are determined. Like I, I think college football is going to undergo a makeover over the next five years. And so I think this is just the beginning. And Joe, the only thing I would say to you is – it was quiet until USC and UCLA decided yeah. to leave. We did not know about this until it was going to happen. So there could be stuff that's happening behind the scenes from the ACC perspective that they're talking to teams and they're able to keep it hush-hush because for some, somehow, some way, USC and UCLA in a major media market that's got a lot of people that like to talk, they were able to keep this quiet until the moment it was done. So I'm not going to rule out that, that that's potentially the case in the ACC as well. And Kyle, to your point, I mean, I think the Pac-12 is in a really tough spot because I think you're going to start to see Arizona and Arizona State jetting to the Big 12 just makes too much sense from their perspective and from a geographical perspective. So I think I think we are the next year and a half in college football is going to be wild just from a realignment perspective. So I would say this. Um, I think there's two things that can happen first that might end up determining the fate of the ACC. Either Notre Dame commits to play in the ACC or Oregon and Washington get commitments to play <laughs> in the Big Ten. Mm. And if the Big Ten pulls those, and I'm Notre Dame, and I decide I do want to get in on a conference, especially with the super conference layout being the way that it is, I don't know how you do anything other than go to the Big Ten if they if they pull those four schools from the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, now, now, if Notre Dame is ready sooner rather than later, 
and they jumped to the ACC, which obviously they were involved in during the COVID season and uh, played for the the ACC championship against Notre uh, against Clemson. Then I think things get pretty interesting as far as the ACC being able to hold their own because they get their yeah. own big fish, right? The SEC and Big Ten have now landed big fish. I think the the most readily available yeah. big fish that are out there right now are Notre Dame and then Oregon. Well. Does so just and not that ge- geography matters at all because we just saw USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten. Like we could throw it out, but like is Notre Dame in West Virginia like a, a really sensible couple of teams to target if you're the ACC, or do you think it does need to be like go get Oklahoma State, go get Washington, go get Oregon, go get Baylor, bring Texas to the ACC somehow? Well, the Texas removed. schools, I mean. Yeah, I meant Texas school, so a Baylor or something like that. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I I think we're going to need to rebrand some of these. (laughs) You can't be in the Atlantic Coast Coast Conference. going to stick too long. (laughs) Right, and be playing out in in Texas, right? You can't be the Big Ten and have 24 schools. It's just not – I can't do it. Like, can we be honest about – so, yeah, I I think you'll – I think that it will be less about regional – uh, and, and I would not be surprised if maybe there's some rebranding there. Although, I mean, to be fair to the Big Ten, the Big Ten's not branding themselves as a, a Northeast or Mid-Atlantic mm-hmm. conference. Uh, I know it was a big deal for them that they pushed and got Rutgers in from, what was it, the Big East at the time? Yeah. Got to get that New York City influence. Right, we got to get the New York market. It's like, oh, yeah, casually four years later, you're going to go ahead and pull both big dogs from Los Angeles with the, like the, at a drop of a hat publicly. So um, the Big Ten's got to be thrilled about having those two extreme markets in New York city and also Los Angeles to kind of compete with uh, the prominence of the sec. Can I ask you guys a question? And we are going to get to more takes or I don't want to spend the entire show on this, but do you think this move by USC and UCLA going to the big 10 do you think that pushes us closer or further away from this rumored idea of breaking away from the current college football structure and breaking away from the NCAA and, and, and these schools starting their own thing and not being bound by the rules of the NCAA? Do you think what we have seen just in the last 24 hours, and if you want to put Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC in the mix, fine. Do you think that moves us closer or further away from that idea? Closer, right? I feel like that's all this is because the, like you said, the format of college football, as we've come to know it is shifting very, very quickly and is going to look completely different in five years. And so like that structure doesn't work for this. You, you, you're not going to, you're going to have two, three lost teams now, right? In the sec and the big 10, but these might be the the best teams in college football. So I I do think that you're going to see it push closer to what you're, what you've outlined there. I would agree. Yeah, I'm just in, I'm just intrigued because if if it, for USC and UCLA, like to go to a different conference other than the SEC, if the SEC is the group that decides to break away, you're kind of left out there to draw high and dry. So I, I wondered if they would have waited. That that's the reason why I, I push I bring the idea that it might move us further away. But like I said at the top, we're this is going to be a longstanding uh, thing over the next couple of years. Experience TV, music, podcasts, and games like never before with Sonos Ray. 
This new compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of all your entertainment with clear, crisp dialogue and perfectly balanced bass. Just plug in the power cable, connect to your TV, and get set up in the within minutes. I figured it out. It's super easy. And before you know it, you're going to have blockbuster sound and streamlined control of all your content from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to shop Ray now. Guys, want to make sure you are aware of our friends over at Blue Chew. Do not let stress or a bad day or a bad week ruin the fun for you and your partner in the bedroom. BlueChew.com is here to help. It's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form, a fraction of the cost. And because everything is done online, there's no standing in line. There's no going to the doctor's office and awkward conversations. Everything is shipped discreetly and directly to your front door. The process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription online within days, all from the comfort of your own home and shipped directly to your front door. If you don't like chewing or swallowing pills, there's no problems because these tablets are chewable. So here's the deal. You go to bluechew.com and you sign up and you get your first month free. Just pay $5 for shipping using promo code BELIEVE. That's bluechew.com. Promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to pay $5 in shipping and get your first month free. I appreciate the commitment of our listeners to um, getting their take read on the show. And so I'm going to give a shout out to Halil's Real Football Talk, who sent me a tweet a couple of hours after Takes on Takes episode 159 last week was posted. So it obviously did not get into the show. But then he took that same tweet and tagged me in it again for this week, but he did it last night. He's like, hey, want to make sure you see this for this week. So you know what, Halil's Real Football Talk? I'm going to get this in here because I liked it when you sent it last week and I thought it would be a good discussion point. Here are the eight teams who finished last inside their division in 2020 in 2021, ranked by the likelihood of going first in 2022. So you so Real Football Talk took the eight division losers and he has ranked them in their likelihood of winning their division next year. So going from worst to first. So you can take this list and rip it to shreds if you want. Ravens, Broncos, Lions, Jets, Giants, Panthers, Texans, Hawks. Feels like the top two are pretty clear. Baltimore and Denver. And then, yeah, like those seem like the most Mm – Easy to buy in answers. Who do you have three? Was it the Lions? He has the Lions three, and he's the Lions, Jets, and Giants. And and I, I I've made this case on the show before, and it, I've been ripped to shreds for it. But the NFC East is really bad. So if you're going to do this, I think despite the Giants not being very good, their division is the worst of the three divisions listed there. I think they probably should be a little higher on this list. I don't trust. I think Philly's a decent team. Having done the Philly roster assessment from top to bottom, I would agree that they're pretty solid team. I do think they win the East right now, as things currently stand. I don't really take much exception with what he has. So we're giving this the drafted seal of approval good list? Uh, Relatively, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, this take uh, from Josiah. Due to NIL, NIL deals, there will be a, there will be less than 70 underclassmen that declare for the 2023 Ooh. NFL mm. draft. Wow, that's a low number. 
We're typically like I'm 130, out. 140, right? I'm out on this, and the reason being we still have surplus and overflow from the bonus COVID eligibility year. Now, if we get through that and five years from now and there's no fifth-year juniors in college football, <laughs> then I think I can get on board with this uh, we have eventually. A, to your, yeah, but, Kai, we, we have a bit of a backlog of guys that are going to try right. to move through we're, the we're, process, we're, yeah. We're a little constipated right now because everybody's everybody stayed in neutral. Everybody played a full season and was in neutral for a whole year. So uh, not yet. I'm out on this take for now. Let's take from Michael. The AFC West has the best group of quarterbacks in any division, but the AFC East has the most talented and best group of collected wide receivers than any other division. <sighs> Say it one more time. Sure, absolutely. The AFC West has the best group of quarterbacks in any division, but the AFC East okay. has the most talented and best group of collected wide receivers than any other division. NFC West might have something to say about that for receivers. Yeah, so you've got the Rams like with Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. Cup. Then you have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And then you have New Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, and then you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, and it, it, I think that's. Let's see the. Yeah, I think that's better. And the East is really good. You've got Hill and Waddle and and Diggs and uh, nobody on the Patriots. And Corey Davis, yeah, the West is better than the East, right? The West is not only better, Jets, but it's it's more spread out, right? Like I think I think each team yeah. has brings two names to the table. Where in the East, like the Patriots are not helping; they're not bringing anybody, and the Jets have one proven anybody. commodity in Corey Davis, right? right. So the, the Jets, the Jets, young guys just need to prove themselves. Sure, I think like, it would be a much more interesting conversation two years from now after those guys get a little bit of tenure, and we kind of know what they are. But right now, I think they're too green to give them that kind of credit. If Elijah Moore does what he did this year, uh, what he did last year, this year, and you you see growth, like then then the conversation I think builds. But for right now, I don't think how, this is. How about if Tyreek Hill was still on the Chiefs, would we give the the AFC West play here because you'd have Tyreek in and Juju in Kansas City, you'd have Judy and. Cortland Sutton in Denver, and then you'd have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and then you'd have mm. Devontae Adams and and Hunter Renfro. And so Hunter Renfro. I think what you j- so is the AFC West better in terms of receivers than the AFC East? It might be. Yeah, I right now I think I would it is. Say yes. yes. Yeah. From, to- from from top to bottom, the collective group in its entirety, yes. I would say the top talent yeah. in the AFC East is better, but top to bottom, full group, I'd, I'd probably give the West as well. Did you know most people are paying too much on their auto loan? Dave used Auto Approved to refinance his car, replacing his overpriced loan with a cheaper loan and lowering his monthly payment. Now, since he's saved with Auto Approved, he's sitting behind the third base dugout instead of the bleachers. Auto Approved connects vehicle owners with their best available rates to refinance their existing car loans with no markups ever and handles the paperwork yes even the dmv making it simple to save thousands and pay less each month how by instantly accessing the nation's top lenders to uncover great savings 
When you refinance with auto approve, you get your best rate and more with an advocate that works for you to make sure you get the best deal that's right for you. In fact, in 2021, auto approve was able to save their customers on average over $150 a month. That means more money for better seats, better snacks, or that new Jersey you deserve. Not only will they save you on your monthly auto payment, but for all of our listeners that refinance through auto approve, they'll send you $100 cash to your mailbox. So what are you waiting for? Auto loan rates are historically low. Take your tailgate to the next level. When you refinance with auto approve, put more money in your pocket for what matters most to find out how much you could save and to claim your $100 cashback offer, visit autoapprove.com slash believe. That's autoapprove.com slash B-L-E-A-V. Okay, Kyle, we're going to get to the the yes. take that you earmarked from happy hour uh, last night, which this was, in, this was about South Carolina, correct? Just so I understand the context properly before I read this. I mean, you're going to have to read it for me to remember. I just know it popped. So the, the, <laughs> so the message that you tagged for me was if, quote, SC is feeding too many mouths, end quote, is not debated intensely on takes on takes this week, we unsubscribe. That was the threat that was levied against uh, one of the premium yeah, members. That, that is USC. USC. Okay, because you just put SC, that could mean a lot of things, and I wasn't around for the context. Okay, people, I think this read it again from I... Teats. If it's if because the the message is in a couple different spots because it was in happy hour and then it was in it was in the takes on takes so I will I will do some do some quick digging but that was the big thing I needed to figure out was was this at, at South Carolina because the conversation right after that continued with South Carolina or if it was about USC and I would have lumped it with the beginning of the show uh, if that was the case but fe- feeding too many mouths in re- yes. reference to USC is is the is the take so yes too too many skilled skill players at SC for to go around for to share the football and there being negative ramifications that come of that was the take it, are they Madison even the most loaded in and Mario Williams tra- transferring in and I I feel I think like what makes Ohio it unique State is those are transfers stronger. No, I mean, nobody's saying that they're not, but you go to Ohio State understanding what the deal is. You're going to be third in line for your first two years. With SC, you got guys that literally transferred in to be the dude. And if you get too much influx, because you're going to have Die and then you're and, in the backfield, and then you're going to have Addison and, and Williams who are transferring in. I don't agree with it, but it was that was just the thought process. And that's how I would differ in them from Ohio State. Because yes, you're right. Ohio State they top the bottom is a better wide receiver. You're gonna run 80 plays a game, right? Probably more. It's a lot of lot of opportunity. I, I, I found the context just so we can we can tie a bow to this. Sam in in the happy hour said top wide receiver rooms in the nation, no order. Texas, USC, Maryland, Ohio State, LSU. To which Kyle said, SC's got silly talent at wide receiver this year. And then Sam said, I don't even know how they'll keep all of those guys. So many mouths to feed. I think Ohio State is just on another planet than all those teams at receiver. I've got I've got an Brian Hartline. I've got another take here for you. And it's unbelievable. I gotta be honest. There's always one every week that I just go, I 
I don't know how you sit around and think about this take. Not in a bad way, just like I just don't know how the, the process here. This one from Tell, who's looking for a bet, I think a Bilt Bar bet with Joe about Justin Ross. We may have to address Ooh. we may have to address that at some point here in the near future. Take Oh, is he back with another one? He's back with another one. No, I don't know what this one is. That's the thing. And this is why I want to bring it to this table, because I need I need help here. Take Logan Thomas, Washington tight end, has a top yeah. five arm in the league. That is the that is the take from Tell. You're a monster, Tell. He's got a big arm. Tyree Jackson, can we put him in there too while we're at it? You're dumb. Like we know, we know. Like, Tyree might have had a bigger arm than him. I think he did. Oh, that's Tyree Jackson. That's the Buffalo him. quarterback, right? The former. For, excuse me, former Buffalo quarterback. Who? Yes, whose arm was unbelievable. I think he was most recently with the Eagles at tight end. I think. I think he still is. I think he caught yeah. a touchdown pass last year. And then he tore his ACL. I'm pretty sure. No, we love you, Tell, but I'm all the way out on that too. <laughs> I got I got one more for you, and I don't think we got to this one from last Great. week, so it's it's a good one to to end on this week. It's one from Sean. DM this one to me. Anthony Richardson has Cam Newton type potential and will be a Heisman candidate and top ten pick. Oh, I know. Uh, Kyle, Kyle grab Yeah, Kyle went for the mouse. I knew we, I knew exactly what he was doing. So do we <laughs> do we all have to do this now? Does it have to be a, a unison thing? Do I have to drop my camera, does Joe have to turn his camera off? I think the poop hat's coming out for this one is what I think is going to happen. We don't know. He's very gifted, but we got a lot more. Correct. Oh, that, oh, that, oh, oh that hold on, be... hold on, hold on. If we're all doing this, okay, we can continue now. That that would be my observation is Richardson might end up being very good, but the hype for a player who has played as, as little and has, as, as small of a sample size as he has – uh, is impossible for me to get on board with and wrap my head around. So with that in mind, uh, I am all the way out. On, I'm out. I am all the way out on this take. And we are all the way out of this week here on Draft Dudes. Thanks to our friends online for their continued support of the podcast. Thanks for all of you for checking out the show. Make it a great long weekend, and we will talk with you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.